Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage and start as soon as seven days. No resume or experience required. Health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites. Amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy. Go to amazon.com slash apply. That's amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. And so if you do that in the first third and then run that banner across the top of the rest of your slides, not the bottom because it'll be blocked by people's heads, but the top for the rest of the slides, what happens is you may not have had everybody in the audience at the first third. You may have only had the people that were really connected to you. But as you continue on. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Secrets Show with Carlos A. Vasquez, where we share actionable strategies and tactics to grow businesses, no matter what industry you're in. Now your host, Carlos A. Vasquez. What's going on, everybody? My name is Carlos A. Vasquez, and you're listening to DM Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Carlos Vasquez, and I got a, a special guest. I've got the CEO of Fix Your Funnel. I've got Ryan, and he's based out of Tucson, Arizona. Quick little blurb on my man, Ryan. He, he got a start in direct response marketing. So in other words, he knows marketing. He's, he, he's been in the trenches writing serious copy. And then he did marketing automation in 2006, 2007. He partnered up with his, uh, with his partner and, and they uh, used his marketing automation skills to convert a $237 investment and turn it into a $1.3 million in only 12 months. So he started Fix Your Funnel in 2009. And I just, Ryan, man, I, I'm, I'm very excited that you're on board and I'm, I'm grateful that you came on the show, man. Thanks for coming, man. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to hopefully help our listeners be able to do better with their business. You know, I was raised as an entrepreneur. I don't know. Were you the same way, Carlos? I mean, for me, my dad was a a builder. He was a contractor. And so, you know, he's always self-employed for most of his life, at least. And um, he kind of raised me and my my brothers and sisters to be there. I'm the oldest of 13, by the way, which is kind of a weird thing. It's not very common. And uh, so he just, he, he worked us and raised us to be entrepreneurial minded. Was it that way for you or did you discover it later? Well, well my dad, all right. So my dad, he was a plumbing contractor and okay. he was always a computer geek. And in, in fact, um, it was because of him, I got my start playing with computers and he used my, my, my eagerness to play video games to learn how to basically use a computer. So I, my, my whole computer life started with a Tandy 1000. And oh, then, cool, cool. so while he was doing the computers, he was running his business on the side and to that same entrepreneurial spirit, he kind of just passed it off on me because I was always trying to find ways to not work for anyone else and just trying to build something of my own. And, and sure. absolutely, man, I, I, I definitely share that same, he literally was a contractor. So, I mean, a same plumbing world, contractor. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, with that though, um, it's not like he passed on all the skills that, that I would need to be successful, you know, entrepreneur. In fact, most of his life was making millions and losing millions and making millions and losing millions, which may be part and parcel for the, the residential construction industry because it was always boom or bust. But, you know, it, it also instilled in me and my brother who were partners in Fixture Fund, we were partners in that company we started in 2007, instilled in us the desire to try and learn those missing pieces, you know, 
how do, how do we maintain an even cash flow? How do we create a repeatable systematic business that could um, really pay us constantly, you know, and not be so feast or famine. And um, in, back in 2007, the reason my brother came to me is because he knew I'd been learning direct response marketing. I was doing that through Dan Kennedy. He was a mentor of mine for that. And then I'd also been introduced to market automation through Infusionsoft. Now, I'd seen some other marketing automation tools before that, but Infusionsoft really piqued my imagination because here was a tool that was so powerful because it could do just about anything you could think of. That's almost also its downside, right, for some people is that it's too powerful. But because of that, it allowed us to take this $237. It was my brother's, not mine, because I didn't have any money at the time. I was you know, just coming off of a downside and trying to find an upside. And he had the 237 He bought the, the materials that we needed for our very first sales event. And we turned that, the training company, into $1.3 million the first year. That's the wow. first 12 months. Of course, from there, it went up to two and then four and, and then kind of stabled off at four for a while until that business died, which we had anticipated because we were helping real estate agents learn how to close short sales. So it was, it was a business that lasted longer than we hoped or thought it would because, you know, you don't want anybody to be upside down in their house. You're right. right. But we were healing that problem for the nation. And so, you know, we were in that business and we found a, a real need and we used our marketing skills and our marketing automation to bring that to them. Well, out of that, you know, I started doing all of this, um, more advanced stuff with the marketing automation tools. And people started asking us in masterminds and in training groups, how are you doing that? And that's kind of where Fix Your Funnel came out of, was our experience growing a very successful business um, using marketing automation, using direct response marketing concepts to you know, generate a really stable community that paid us really well to help them do what they're trying to do. So you 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 base so it sounds like to me you started a company by accident because you were using the technology yourself. Yes. Infusionsoft, and then when you had a bunch of people asking you, "Hey, how are you? How are you doing that?" You say, "Hey, maybe maybe we should turn this into an actual <laughs> solution for people." In fact, the very first tool we developed was a one-click upsell. It was something we needed in our own business, so we collected, created a one-click upsell solution. And I almost sold it as a joke because we were making so much money in our training business. It's not like I needed the revenue. And so we would like sponsor events and put up a booth and play video games and invite the other people to come over and play video games at our booth <laughs> instead of trying to really sell. Because we didn't really care if we sold, but if we did sell a few, it would cover it. And we figured that would happen. It was fine. We weren't really serious about it because it was just, it was something we were already doing. And so we just you know, invited other people to participate and benefit from it. And then we got into some direct mail because we were doing direct mail in our training company. We're sending out direct mail to as part of our sales process. And so we said, hey, people might be interested in that. And they were. And then we discovered texting. That was about 2010, 2011. And wow. that was exciting for us because we knew emails had a hard time with delivery. You know, you'd send the email out. People may or may not see it depending on how good they were at keeping up with the email. Way worse now than it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. But, you know, that was a concern for us. We knew the text was going to be seen. Smartphones in 2007 were just born. And so you only had your bleeding edge people that had an iPhone or then the new, new thing that was coming out, the Android. And so, you know, it was still kind of relatively new. And the number of people on the Internet was way lower than it is today. Today it's up in the, in the billions. Back then it was hundreds of millions. And so the market has grown significantly since then. And, you know, texting is a big deal. And 
you know, we just started figuring it out and that's kind of where we evolved to, we discovered that that's where we could get people the greatest gains for the least amount of effort was through texting. So that's kind of been our forte at Fix Your Funnel, even though we have a bunch of other things that we do to, to kind of support that. Got it. Yeah. Cause uh, I would say a lot of, that's how I actually stumbled upon uh, Fix Your Funnel myself. Um, I had a client that they were a speaker at, at mm. they were just a public speaker. And one yeah. of the things that they wanted to do was get opt-ins from the stage without having to go to the website. And yeah. it, the process of sending people to a website, hoping that they land to on a landing page, submit their name and email. It, I mean, it's, it's been done. It could be done. It but can, but it's, it's definitely less effective. In right. fact, um, there, there are some specific strategies. If, if you don't mind, I'd love, like to share with you and your audience around yeah, that. Sure. Because what we saw when we first got into texting is we were facilitating this ability for people to you know, put up a keyword and a phone number, have people text in to get something, right? And people were coming back to say, I only got like 30% of the audience. And I'm like, well, was it the right audience? I mean, were they interested in your topic? And they were like, yeah, yeah, they were. I said, well, walk me through it step by step, you know? Because 30% doesn't sound right because every time I've done it, it's been 90, 95% of the audience I get. So we're obviously doing something different because we have the same tools, right? And as they walked me through it, what I discovered is they kept it to the last slide. And so on the last slide, they put the keyword and the phone number. Well, that's the wrong time to do it. So I started right. studying people and I, I knew how I did it. I started looking at other people that were getting 90, 120%. Because Carlos, you actually can get 120% opt-in because if there's only 100 people in the room, you get 120 people text in, you're at 120%. Right. We'd have people sharing the keyword and phone number because they did it so effectively. And so I said, okay, let's take that and formalize it for people so speakers, they're speaking in front of audiences, can win, right? Now, there's two places that people speak. They speak to get leads and they speak to sell. And usually mm. when people speak to sell, they don't think about speaking to get leads as well. They think that it's either or. Have you ever heard that, Carlos, from people? Yeah, I, I've seen that they, they always want to focus at the end, try to get that sale, close as many people as possible, right? And what we discovered, and we did this by actually working with some of the salespeople that worked for Infusionsoft at one point, is that if they captured leads early on in the, in the presentation, their confidence in selling went through the roof because there wasn't so much at stake. Like when you're selling from the stage, you know, man, I got I to gotta nail this close because if I don't nail this close, I'm out. The event's over. It's done. But right. if you capture leads on the front side and then sell, your confidence goes up because you're not, you don't have that desperation note that tends to follow in people when they have to sell because you know, Hey, I already captured the leads. So worst case scenario, even if I bomb on this close, I'll follow up and I'll close them. But if when you have that in the back of your mind, you actually close way better. And they saw their close rates actually go up as they capture leads on the front side. So here's the formula that you want to use. In the first third of your presentation, because we all know it takes a little time to gain rapport with the room. You've got to establish that connection and kind of get them on the same page or same flow line with you. Well, as soon as you do, do that, and preferably in the first third, you want to interrupt and give them a reason to text in. So the offer creation is the critical part here. The timing is important, but the offer's got to be compelling. If you got a terrible offer, it doesn't matter what we do in terms of mechanics, it's not going to flow. But if you have a great offer, then what you want to do is you want to tell them, put the keyword and the phone number up on a slide, a dedicated slide with the details about what they're going to get out of the offer. Say, okay, hey, you know, maybe it's a report. That's a real common one, right? 
I got this report that tells you the 10 things you've got to know in order to be successful or whatever. So we're going to say, I want to give you this report. And I want to do it before we get too far in because I want to make sure that you get it. And so I want you to text this keyword to this phone number. And when you do, here's what's going to happen. Now, this is the important part. You've got to walk them through what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you for your name and your email, and then I'm going to send that report to your email inbox. Okay? So please be sure to go through each step when you do what you're going to get in this report, and then you sell them on why they want the report. So some people don't do this. They put it at the very end and say, oh, by the way, mm -hmm. if you want this report, text here. What we discovered, and I did this by actually sitting in as many presentations as I could where we had a text opt-in, is I wasn't looking at the stage. I was looking at the audience. As I looked at the audience, I, I took a timer and I timed. How long does it take for people to actually recognize they're being called to action, process the call to action, and then start doing it, and then finishing? And what I discovered is for the ladies in the room, many of the ladies, if they're paying attention, they're taking notes, they're taking notes on paper. And the, and the phone is not in their lap. It's not in a pocket because frequently they won't have pockets. It's in the purse. Right. And so for the sake of the ladies, we have to give 10 minutes because that's how long I figured out it actually takes. So if you're <laughs> giving a great presentation, what happens is they're taking notes. And now you stop the presentation to do the call to action, sort of. We're not really stopping it. You'll find out this is the most important thing. This is the reason that you're there is to, to capture leads and then to sell. And so what happens is they're taking notes and then they realize, oh, okay, I'm, a I'm actually having to do something. So they'll finish the notes, they'll put the notes down. Then they look and they try and understand what is it that you're asking them to do. And we may think, no, instantly they get it. No, they take time to process because they went into passive learning mode into active engagement mode. And that's a transition psychologically. So it takes them a little time to register what's going on. Once they understand, because you take the time to explain what's going to happen, what they need to do and how they do it, you know, close on saying, so again, just text in this keyword, this word to this number, and you'll get that. What's going to happen is they're going to pull up their phone. Now, for the ladies, they got to dig through the purse. Mm -hmm. And they got to dig through the purse, and then they got to get through the notifications. That's true for men and women. they got to all get <laughs> through the notifications. And hopefully, they don't get too distracted in the process. Then they get their texting app open. They start typing the, the, the keyword and the phone number. Now, what would, was happening for the people that were only getting 30% is they were moving on from that slide too quickly. And it's okay to move on from that slide, but what you're going to do is you're going to move a banner to the top of all other slides for the rest of the presentation that has text, then the word, to, and then the phone number. They'll remember the call to action because you've, you've gone through and you've had a slide dedicated to it and you've explained it. But with that across the top of the rest of the screen, now as you continue on with the presentation, they can still catch up text in the keyword and the phone number and then get back to taking their notes. And as I timed this out, the average was 10 minutes for the ladies. It was about five minutes for the men because they too had the transition from note taking or passive listening to active engagement and then pulling up their phone, getting past the notifications and then doing that. And so if you do that in the first third and then run that banner across the top of the rest of your slides, not the bottom because it'll be blocked by people's heads, but the top for the rest of the slides, what happens is you may not have had everybody in the audience at the first third. You may have only had the people that were really connected to you. But as you continue on, you'll start pulling in more people. And then they're thinking about, well, do I really want that? And then you get them to, to flip and go, oh, yeah, I actually do. And because the instructions are across the top, they're able to do it at any time after that. And so what you'll see is a actual, you'll see a big bump of people at the beginning of your presentation that will text in. And then you'll see a long tail. And those are two different types of people. 
So not only is it great because you'll get close to 100% of the room if you've engaged with the right audience, but also you're going to learn about the types of people. The people that take fast action at the front are your hyper responders. They're good for a different reason than the long tail people. Long tail people just are more thoughtful. They take a little more time to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And that tells you more about them than it does anything. And so not only do you capture the leads, but you start learning more about these prospects. And some people don't t- pay any attention to that. They just like group them all together and go forward. And that's fine. You can do that. But if you do pay attention to these two groups, which you can based on the time at which the tags were applied based on when they texted in, then that tells you something. If you want to get a little deeper, you can actually start treating those groups a little bit differently, which is kind of exciting for the yeah, advanced person. That is exciting. And, and then now I'm just thinking about my behavior as far as like me going to conferences. There, there have been times where you see a, a, an awesome slide from the presenter where the slide is like some data, some report, some checklist, or some list of some listicle or whatever. Yes. And then they'll put like their, their call to action, the text. They take a picture and sometimes they'll post it on social media. They'll post it in their, in their groups. And now that's how you get, I guess that's what you're talking about. Get that over hundred percent um, opt-in rate because yes. you created a, comp- a, a compelling piece of content that is worth sharing. You, you leverage social media and because you made it easy for people to opt in because you put the banner right at the top. Yeah. You're, you're, now you just increase your chances of getting even more opt-ins. I love that. that that's, I, I'm, I actually have a, a, a talk coming up in, in, in a few weeks. I'm going to be speaking at the WordPress uh, WordCamp. Oh, and exciting. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to apply it. I've never done. I've, I'm one of those guys. I put it towards the end. Hey, if you guys want to, you know, I always, I yeah, always feel like. See, and here's the thing, Carlos, is um, sometimes people can go, well, you know, I, I, there could be psychological reasons why they want to put it to the end. But here's the, the truth of the matter. Whatever you're doing, there's a purpose for it, right? And the purpose for you being on the stage is to connect with your audience. And the best way for you to connect with the audience is not for an hour, but for a lifetime. And the only way you can do that is if you have some method of communicating with them going forward. When people send someone to a website, that's a totally passive activity. People go, I guess I'll do that. They'll remember Mm -hmm. the website or whatever. The problem is it takes as much energy for someone to text you as it does for them to go to a website psychologically. But one gets you a visitor and maybe that, you know, you can advance that counter on the bottom of your website the other one gives you a phone number, a yeah, phone right. number and context. Okay. Cause the keyword always carries with it context and context is really important because it knows what kind of conversation should we be carrying on. And the reason a conversation is important is because all sales happen in conversation. But going right. back to the context and the phone number with the phone number, I can do texting. I can do calling and I can do a Facebook remarketing. See a cell phone number will match at nearly 80, 90% versus an email address is like 40% match. So if you're going just for email addresses, you're, you're gonna miss out on most of your remarketing opportunities on Facebook. There's a, a strategy I call the speaker tsunami. And what it is is you get up there, you give this presentation, you ask for people to do the call to action, and then it, you have your marketing automation, add the person to a custom audience on Facebook. This can happen within minutes of them texting in. By the time they leave your presentation, you'll be in their Facebook feed. You'll be in their Instagram feed. That's awesome. And so instead of you just being present in their life for that moment that you're on the stage, you get to be present in their life ongoing until you're done 
spending money to be in front of them. But right. that's how you create a tsunami of influence instead of just a little wave that goes down and it's done. Yeah. And you're from Miami, so you know all about waves, <laughs> right? The wave comes up and then it stops and it's done, right? Right. But with the tsunami, it carries in and it goes and it has a huge impact on all of the land in front of it. And as a speaker, you can have that kind of influence when you carry your presentation beyond the moment of the presentation and all the way forward. And that's why if you get this call to action done right, and you put it in the right place. See, the first third people are like, well, I don't want to break up my flow. Guess what? Your reason for being there is to capture the lead. Mm -hmm. It's not for your flow. You can recover your flow easy. It's not a big deal. I've had some people be really concerned about that. But once they understand, they actually apply the strategy, they realize it didn't disrupt my presentation at all. And since they put in the first third, I was able to establish enough rapport that I could make the ask and then get the rest of the people as I went through the rest, final two thirds of the presentation. And so, yeah, if you do this, I guarantee you're going to see great results if you have the right audience match, right? That's all hinging on that. Right, right. It has to be relevant to the, to the people that you're speaking to. Yeah, you're off. And, and, and I've, also, I've also noticed that when you alleviate the, the need to take notes, people pay attention, pay more attention. So yes. if you give them the opportunity to, let's say, grab those notes real quick, even take a picture and get it right then and there, they'll stay engaged with your presentation because they're no longer trying to listen, I, write down, and, and acknowledge. Okay. On that note, I have um, one of our users, that he would do it as a strategy. He would just really cram the first couple of minutes with just a ton of great information and what, to get the people frantically trying to keep up with them. And they say, hey, look, I see a lot of you guys frantically trying to keep up with them. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. If you'll text slides to this number, I'm going to just send you my, all of my slides. You don't have to worry about keeping notes. Just write down the things that are your action items, those impressions that you get as I'm going through the presentation, because you're going to get all of the slides with all this great information sent right into your email inbox. So don't worry about that anymore. Just think about action items that you want to take based on what we're going to talk about today. So go ahead and text slide to this number. I'm going to ask your name and your email so I can get that into your email inbox. And just don't worry anymore about keeping detailed notes because I'm going to give all of that to you. It'll prompt your mind when you look at them later. Man, so that is brilliant. <laughs> as a, it's a brilliant strategy, really. If, you don't, if you're like, man, I don't know what to offer. I've got really great content, but I don't have this great report. Rush them on the beginning. You know, not too fast where they're like, who is this ridiculous character? But rush <laughs> them enough where they're, they're trying to keep up. You know, you might hit heavy at the beginning just to bring them in. And then say, hey, look, I see a lot of you guys stressing about notes, even if they're not, you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm going to send you the slides. All you got to do is just text slides to the number. Gotcha. Now, no, that's amazing. Now, Carlos, one of the things, though, that will often happen, you tell me if you've ever run into this, is that sometimes the, the people that are putting on the event say, hey, no lead capture from the stage. Have you ever run I, into I this? Haven't, I, haven't dealt, I haven't dealt with that at all. Okay. I, I have dealt with the no, no pitches from the stage. That's what I have dealt with in the past, but not the lead captures. What, you, what you'll find out is that usually their, their hesitation, if you run into this, so that, and this is for the audience, just in case they ever run into this, mm -hmm. the bigger concern is they're afraid that you're really trying to sell from the stage. So you're not going to deliver value because you're trying to do this lead capture thing. So what you'll do is you can do the, you can tell them, Hey, look, all I'm doing is giving them the copy of the slides. And if they object to that, you got to have a, a plan B Plan B is, well, there's this resource that, you know, the best way to deliver it is just to give it to them that way. 
um, it shows them how to do the thing I'm talking about. So it's just to enhance value of the presentation. Right. I'm not really trying to sell them or anything. So you don't worry about that. It just, this is the easiest mechanism to deliver this resource that they need to actually use what you wanted me to talk to them about. That's a right. good plan B to have ready in the wings. If they say no to the slides say, well, actually I got two things I try and deliver to them, the slides and then this, this resource. And that will help you to overcome if you ever do run into that situation where they're like, hey, we don't want you doing lead capture from the stage. So this is really isn't lead capture. I'm just delivering this important resource for them to be able to implement what I'm talking about, which is going to give them a better experience so they want to come back to this event next year. Right. So yeah, that's, 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 that's fine, right? And that way you can deal. This is usually happens with larger events where you know they're concerned about people taking their audience or something silly like that. Right. Audiences don't belong to me. Right. And if, you, if you're not properly trained or if you haven't had enough experience and trying to sell from the stage or generate leads, it's going to show and it might just turn off the crowd and they may not want to come to another uh, yeah. future event. So I, I can understand if you're working with people that, ha that haven't had that experience. Um, but yeah, the, the, the method you have is definitely, I mean, that's just the way it's supposed to be. I mean, that's what you learn in direct response marketing and the way things are. It's all about giving value first. And if you position things in a way where yes. you're giving value, this, it's not that it's not that rough of a transition to ask for any type of call to action. So, um, so, okay, then, so, so fix your. Go ahead, go ahead. If you don't mind, it, some people miss the point though. They think that the the caption of the leads is the point, but the reason we do the text message lead capture is to open the door for texting. It, it, it is not the point in and of itself. Yeah, we do want to get a high percentage. We want to get a high number. You know, those are things that we may have as a short-term goal, but it is not the purpose. And a lot of people miss out on this. And I see this all the time. Speakers will go, they'll generate all these leads, and then they'll just email them. It's like, wait a second, guys. We missed out on the big opportunity, out. which was to communicate with them via text message where we know they're actually going to see it. It's not going to be filtered. Where they can actually engage. And since all sales happen in conversation, that's where we want. See, higher value sales should happen in conversation. Right? If somebody just wants to order our book, yeah, go order the book. Mm -hmm. You go to the website. But with the higher ticket services or products that we may offer frequently require conversation. So that's where we want to focus is, okay, yes, we generated the lead. Now, to what point? To what end? And often that's going to involve driving them to either some additional content that sells them on a bigger purchase or engaging them in a conversation that leads to a sales decision or a buying decision for the prospect. So keep that in the focus. That's just something I've seen a lot of people do is they go out, they generate all these leads, and then they just fall flat with them. Have a purpose beyond generating the lead. Know what you're going to be selling. What is the ultimate point for being on that stage? And speakers that figure that out really mature into a very good business that can last for decades because they have a whole business model that they're following, not just a collecting of leads and then trying to e email, you know, broadcast them until they buy. We want an actual flow that involves conversation. Conversations are usually worthy of higher ticket items and that will be good for us as a speaker that's trying to sell or get leads from the stage. Gotcha. So then, so Fix Your Funnel bridges that gap between the automation instructions and a, a texting platform. Right. Yes, exactly. So it, it handles all that texting side and then communicates directly with the CRM and the marketing automation to be able to trigger it, to send out the email, add them to a campaign, which may include asking them questions via text message. 
So we'll let the marketing automation engine handle all that stuff. And the fixture funnel is the live interaction and the automated interaction that we want to have to facilitate all that. So once you create this keyword phone number situation, you know, you probably don't have to do it again. You know what I mean? You just go start giving presentations, then have that machine connected by someone like you, you know, hooked up so that it's going to deliver your message at the right time, start a conversation at the right time, invite them to buy at the right time using these different mediums that we now have available, email and text. Got it. Got it. So then you, so in fix your funnel, I was checking out several features of there. So one of them definitely is the, is the opt-in opt-in via text. And then yeah. that information gets sent over to Infusionsoft. So that way Infusionsoft could manage the CRM, the contact management aspect of everything. Yeah. Um, what, other, what other uses that you find speakers using with Fix Your Funnel? So they'll use the outbound messages that are sent by the automation. So you'll create a campaign, send a text out. We send principally two types of text messages. One is a content. So we'll have a link to a video that we might have that give some more content and then ask for a buy. And then there's the conversation starter question. So we'll send out a text after we send out that content saying, yeah, I noticed, uh, you know, I sent you a video about X, Y, and Z. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Something like that. That's fine. All we're looking to do is start a conversation because conversations can lead to sales, you know, because the to- it's all going to be in the context of the topic of whatever that speaker is about. And hopefully there's a, you know, a backend sale that's, that's part of this, this business. And we're going to be, you know, diagnosing a person saying, okay, so what's your situation? What are you trying to accomplish? Oh, actually, this would be perfect for you. And then we prescribe, diagnose and prescribe through the texting and then, you know, potentially pushing it to a phone call. So if that person so that's, gets to, that's another part. So if the we person the gets to calls. a stage into the sales process, can someone manually take over after that? Because Oh, yeah. That's the whole point. So the automation is all designed to set up the live texting that will go on through Fix Your Funnel. So we capture the lead. In fact, the formula for that lead capture part that's really important is we ask for the name, we ask for the email, and then we ask an open-ended question. So, you know, what was the biggest highlight for you out of today's presentation? What was your big action item? What was the takeaway that you're going to be implementing? You know, something like that to create engagement. Now we, either as the, the solopreneur or with our team, can respond to those messages after our presentation and start engaging with prospects and leading that, you know, to a sales conversation. So that's really big. And that's what Fix Your Funnel facilitates. We have the, the iPhone app and the Android app that allow you to do that right on your phone while you're out and about. Or you can jump on your computer and do it there. And also you can call from that same number that you text from. So maybe we text back and forth with the prospect a couple of times and then we say, you know what, this might be faster. We jump on a call. Do you have time for a call right now? And then boom, we click the button. We've called them straight in there. We're not having to type in numbers or anything like this. We just call them and then we have that phone conversation right there. And all that then can get recorded into our infusion software, CRM, so -hmm. that we have that record long-term too. So next time we come back to communicate with them, we have a whole context of their automated, the campaign messages that we sent out and the live messages we had so that we know, oh, okay, this is where I am with this person. Just like you would with, you know, your normal cell phone, but now you've got all the business logic and strength behind it. Right. And someone else, someone else can actually take over if in case yeah. you're gone, they could see that history and it's not that awkward. Um, well, what introduction. were you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> that, that kind of right. stuff. Yeah. So you could text them and then you could say, Hey Ryan, why don't you go ahead and, te- you know, take over this conversation. 
and I could take over and it's seamless for the contact on the other side. They just are interacting with your, your persona, your business. That's awesome. I I always tell people, uh, marketing automation is not supposed to replace that human element. It's supposed to facilitate that. It's supposed to short list who you should prioritize is is, is the best way I could put it because based off of certain behaviors and certain, um, um, triggers will let you know how serious or how, uh, how not serious someone is when it comes to making a decision. And that's what I feel these marketing automations tools are supposed to do. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that I'll say that goes right in, in line with what you're saying there is that what we're trying to do is mitigate, mitigate the impact of human nature while we enhance our humanity. So human nature is to forget about stuff, right? Okay, I got all these business cards from that conference or whatever i'm going to follow up with these and then they go into the drawer and nothing happens right because right. that's human nature we're like oh i'll get to that later or something else comes up that seems more urgent and important and so the the important but not urgent things get put to the side and as a result the business struggles and we fit, we're in famine mode and then we hustle and then we feast and then it goes back to family well, that, this feast and famine if you ever experience that in your business that's a signal of human nature because human nature is cyclical you know we see those cycles all over the place and so if you're seeing feast or famine that what that means is you haven't mitigated the impact of human nature on your business and that's what marketing automation should do but if you don't allow that to enhance humanity then you don't get the uplift of marketing automation you just get a bunch of ticked off people because they're having to deal with bots and stuff you know right what you want is to be able to enhance your ability to focus on the moment with the prospect and that's really the thing that texting is great about is because it's not this time enveloped communication. So if I do a phone call or like this podcast, what we're doing, we both have to be here and present at this moment in order for this communication to occur. But if we're texting, I can text you and it can be a couple of minutes before you get to it. And so it gives this flexibility of communication, but still the instantaneousness of it. And so what that does, that allows us to be able to communicate with multiple people, but be in the moment with each of them. And so we can let the marketing automation do the remembering of, hey, I need to send out that message to the person who texted in at my presentation and ask them that question. And then all we have to do is when we get that push notification saying, hey, you got a new message from so-and-so, is go look at that, see the context and respond. So we're always in the moment instead of worrying about the past or the future. We let the marketing automation handle that, which again mitigates the impact of human nature by allowing us to enhance our humanity of connection with another individual, which is what we were built for. Right, man. That, that's that's it's it's amazing that you put it that way because automation doesn't sound as <laughs> as poetic when you try to explain it. Uh, just try, try to explain it to people that don't really understand automation. It's it's always a it's always like an uphill battle. But at the end of the day, it's all about just trying to connect. Humans. Yeah, it's, it's removing all the busy work that we don't want to do and avoid doing, letting a machine handle that stuff and let us just worry about connecting with humans. Because if, if in your business, you could take all the busy work that occupies your time and pass it off to a machine and just focus on being present with other humans in conversation, well, that's where sales happen. And so we could diagnose and prescribe and collect money. And just focus on that, letting automation handle all the consistency. So go give your presentation. Speak to your audience of 200. Capture those 200 leads and then let automation work with them based on their behavior to set up conversations for you just to respond to. I mean, our ideal person 
that adopts our full philosophy, where they end up is that they go and give presentations, they post out their keyword and phone number on social media, on blog posts, on other content marketing that they do, Facebook ads, what have you. And then they just engage in conversations with people. They listen to their problems, listen to their dreams, and then they prescribe ways to fulfill those using their business services. And that's where they focus on. They're just having conversations, put out some content, invite people to the call to action, to text in, to start the, the journey, and then let the machine set up conversations for them. That's kind of beautiful if you think right. about it. Absolutely. Like, that's the dream in, in some ways is to connect with people and know that you're going to be paid because you're just diagnosing prescribing. I mean, it's essentially what a doctor does. They've set up their whole environment so people show up to their door, money in hand, insurance card in hand, whatever it is, and they just have to sit there, listen, look, diagnose, prescribe. Person walks out the door, they get paid. That's essentially how we can set up any business when we understand what it is that we're doing and who we're doing it for and let marketing automation experts like you set up that that infrastructure that allows them just to focus on connecting with people. Well, okay, man. Well, speaking, speaking of connecting, man, is, is, is uh, how, how can people connect with you? And, and cause I know, I know you have a podcast. I, I, I checked out your podcast and yeah. just these, these small little moments of, of knowledge bombs you shared. I can only imagine what your podcast is all about, man. <laughs> we, we try, we try, you, you know, because um, here, I'll, let me, I'll get a little personal here in terms of what drives me to want to share with other people is if you back, I, I know my success story started in 2006, 2007, but before that, it wasn't so sweet. I, I distinctly recall in 2005, laying in my bed, looking up, the ce- up at the ceiling, it's 3 a.m., I have five little children and my wife, and I am scraping. I'm really scraping. I'm doing all I can, but we're just kind of scraping by. And I'm looking up at the ceiling, I'm thinking, what am I doing? I don't have any business doing this. I've got kids and a wife that, that, that are, you know, relying on me. I got to figure out what I'm doing, you know, and that kind of started a journey that eventually led to me finding a mentor that taught me direct response marketing, introduced me to marketing automation. And then, you know, my education and application of that education then led to that success that looked like it was overnight. But that was really started back in that 2005, you know, 3 a.m., cold sweat coming down the forehead. You guys know it. Everybody that's an entrepreneur has felt that at some point, hopefully not too recently. And I understand we only get one life and we don't know how many days we have on this planet. We don't know when we die, and, but we have to work. It's just part of it. So why not make the work the very best it can be? Make it the most profitable for you and the people that you serve, the most enjoyable, where you're really in your sweet spot. And so that's why I share the stuff I do is to try and help people because somebody was kind enough to me to give me that, and I want to give it, you know, I want to pay it forward. So that's why um, this book is the most recent book. I've written a few books. This is The Messaging Connection. This is more about the topic we've been talking about today. I'd love to give people a free digital and audio copy of it, and they can get it by texting the word LEARN to 949-835-5300. And maybe you can put that in the notes or whatever for those that would like to. I know I'm, this is at the end, but this is a different situation. This is a podcast. You guys can rewind it. It's not like a live thing. So that's why I'm okay doing it at the very end. But yeah, if they text the word learn to 
And if you're on audio or on the video, you can just rewind it and listen to that as many times as you want to capture it. It's yeah. unlike radio, which was one shot, you know. But if they do that, what will happen is, again, I'll ask them for their name, ask them for their email, and I'll give them a link to um, a page that has an audio. If you liked my voice, you'll get to hear it. If you didn't like it, you'll have to <laughs> bear with it. And then a PDF version of the book. Of course, you can go buy the book on Amazon, but if you just want to listen to it and and look at some of the, the graphs and diagrams I have in there, that's what the PDF is for. I'd love to give that to anybody that would need that help of getting better at messaging and texting. Awesome, man. It's such a, a, a right field right now. There's so many opportunities in it when people understand and use the right approach. Right. It's, it, I think it's, it's all coming down full circle. It's, back then, it was all about automation, automation, just scale as much as possible. But now, yeah. automation has gone to the point where people have burned it. So people are craving that human connection again. They do. They do. And so if you can, if you can use automation right... Again, like I've been in this industry for 12 years, not just observing it, but using it to create successful businesses. And my whole philosophy has has evolved into this point where let's let it do the busy work where it doesn't really matter. We just, we have to ask for name. We have to ask for email. That's got to be done. Let the automation do that, but stop there. See, like the Facebook bots and all that has become really popular. And so people are just, they're automating the heck out of conversation. I've got one I've been running an ongoing seven-month experiment on where I ask a question periodically. I never get a response because they only have a bot connected to this Facebook messenger. And so then I periodically I'll get a Facebook automated message that they've sent out as a broadcast or something, but never a response to my live question. And this is exactly the problem. Because people don't understand where automation should be because they don't have an expert like you, they don't put it in the right place. They try and put it everywhere. And when you put it everywhere just irks everybody. Nobody liked telephone trees. You know what I mean? Press one for this. Okay, now press seven for this. Now 99. For, nobody loved that. So why do we think mm-hmm. that we want to do that again with a different medium? We don't. Right. Use automation, the bare minimum necessary to do the, the busy work and to allow the human nature to be mitigated and then enhance the humanity. If you do that, you'll win every time. It doesn't matter what medium, texting, Facebook messaging, email, whatever. You just got to think about that philosophy that you have and I have. If you get that right, oh, then it's a beautiful thing. Right. Well, And it's Ryan, effective. Yeah, man. I agree, man. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. I'll make sure to post the phone number and the keyword on, on, the, on the podcast and the, in the show notes. That way we can um, spread, spread as, much of the, um, as, much, as much of the love to anyone that's listening to, to this one episode right now, because it's, it, this is one of the deepest episodes I think I've ever had. So I really oh, thank pleasure. you for that, my Ryan. Man. So, Hope all right, man, people. you got it, man. Well, thanks for your time, my brother. My pleasure. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Digital Marketing Secrets Show with Carlos A. Vasquez. Want to join the exclusive digital marketing community? Of course you do. Make sure to visit us at miamimarketer.com forward slash growth for more info. See you soon. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. 
If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.